Hello and welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 16. I'm your host, Alvatar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How are you doing, Nihal? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, so why don't you tell them what this episode's about? Yeah, we did a Serie A preview with John Solano, who's the director uh, of an English-speaking Roma website called RomaPress.us, if you want to check it out. And uh, he's he knows a lot about the Italian game, so uh, we talked about it with him for a good 40 minutes, I think. Yeah, you know, we had a great conversation with him. Uh, before we get into the interview, we'll get there in a little bit. Why don't we talk about some of the headlines in the American soccer world, or in just the soccer world in general? Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, the U.S. women's national team beat Costa Rica 8 nothing in a friendly. Uh, what did you think of that performance? I mean, I didn't see the whole thing, but it was good for Heather O'Reilly to get back on the board. Um, you know, it's a victory tour. It is what it is. Costa Rica is not a very good team, uh, and the U.S. continues their dominance. Very, very good to see Heather O'Reilly score. She only played, um, she only played what nine minutes in the World Cup, and I thought she deserved to play more. So it'll be interesting to see if she makes the team for the Olympics. Uh, Gedeon Zalalam is close to alone with Rangers in the Scottish Second Division. Very historic, or historically renowned club. Yeah, you know, they have a very, very young nucleus. It'll be a good move for him. Really wish he went to the championship. Um, but, you know, it, overall, it's a good move. It's a good move for him, I think, to get some first-team action. Um, Amer- uh, Rangers has a long history with Americans. Of course, Carlos Bocanegra was the captain over there. DeMarcus Beasley played there. Uh, Maurice Adu played there. Alejandro Bedoya played there. Um, and now, Gideon Zalalem. So... Uh, and I think some other players, Claudia Reyna might have played there, I don't know, uh, but uh, long history of Americans there, so uh, hopefully it'll be a good fit for him, he'll play some first team soccer, still kind of wish he was going to the championship, though. Yeah, uh, speaking of Americans abroad, a lot of uh, European teams have shown interest in Jossi Zardes, a forward for the LA Galaxy, but Reading most notably has set in a bid for the kid, so... <laughs> okay. Sorry, I can't call someone who's older than me a kid. What is, and also, he's not that young, too. He's like, he's like eight years older than you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reading is the only team that's sent in a bid, but Jenk from Belgium um, is also interested in him, as well as Brighton Hove and Albion, also in the championship. Um, so, uh, you know, exciting times for Jassy's artist could be a, a big step in his career if he were to go to England. And would definitely... It, it doesn't seem like... LA will be able to hold on to him at least past this season, so. It's always nice to go to, like, an American's tweets and then, like, people from other clubs saying, like, come to Brighton or come to Reading. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) We also saw some UEFA Champions League playoff action, uh, most notably Manchester United beating Club Bruges 3-1 at home. Yeah, you know, they went down uh, 1-0 early courtesy of a Michael Carrick own goal. Depay was able to score a brace. Should have really had three. Um, and United ended up winning 3-1. to one. It's definitely not over this tie. Uh, Bruce just needs to win 2 nothing, and they're through to the Champions League. So definitely, definitely not over. Uh, uh, Lazio beat uh, Leverkusen thanks to a goal from Keita. Yeah, you know, uh, should be expected. I expect Leverkusen to go on and win, though. Lisbon beat Moscow 2-1. Sporting Lisbon. Yeah. Sporting Club de Portugal, actually. ESPNSC has it wrong. <laughs> um... But, uh, yeah, it's not really that surprising, so. Yeah, Valencia beat Monaco 3-1. Do you expect any Monaco comeback on the nah, I think Valencia's going to get through. Um, yeah, I don't think we really need to talk about the other results. Yeah, we'll definitely talk a lot more during the group stage. 
Yeah. Might have some midweek episodes just dedicated to the Champions League, but those aren't every week, so every yeah. other week. Yeah, you know, we, we also had uh, a lot of goals scored by Americans this week. Miguel Ibarra scored in his second straight uh, Copa Amequis match uh, with uh, Club Leon. Uh, William Yarbrough also played in that match, so good for him. Hopefully he can break into the first team during the regular season. Uh, Lyndon Gooch, I know a player you like, um, has scored six goals, has notched in two assists, and drawn two PKs in uh, the last eight appearances for uh, Sunderland's U21s. will be interesting to see if he can break into the first team this year. Didn't make the U-20 World Cup, unfortunate for him. Danny Williams also scored a goal for Reading today, so uh, good for him to see him. Uh, it's good to see him back on the score sheet. And Alfredo Morales assisted FC Ingolstadt's first goal ever in the Bundesliga with a nice nutmeg through ball um, to send in his teammate on goal. So overall, a decent weekend. Um, you know, Tim Ream looks like he's on the move to Fulham. Um will be interesting. Full America is still alive. Uh, Aaron Johansson made his debut for Werder Bremen. Uh, he'll probably be playing again this Friday um, for Werder Bremen as well. Uh, so a lot of America, Americans to watch now with MLS, the Premier League, um, and the Bundesliga starting up. There's a lot of Americans in the Bundesliga. So uh, very exciting times to be a U.S. men's national team fan. Um, and actually, Cody Cropper made his professional debut. Um, one thing of note is that uh, Emerson Heinemann has rejected a contract extension with Fulham, and ever since then he hasn't been able to get into the first team. So, uh, you know, he might be on his way out. A lot of teams want him, so. Uh, what do you think the future is for DeAndre Yedlin? Obviously he hasn't made a Spurs cap yet. Uh, he has to get loaned out. I mean, he could play in the Capital One Cup if he stays on Spurs. Well, I think he should get a chance at right wing. Lamela's been terrible. They don't. They've played Dembele on the wing. I mean, so I mean, he should get a shot, right? I don't understand why he wouldn't. And Jai's coming in though, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. So uh, well, why don't we get right into the Serie A preview now? Uh, oh, one, one second, one second. I forgot to say, Kyle Scott, um, an English American, got called up to a U.S. national team camp. He plays for Chelsea. He's also played for the England and Ireland U17 teams. So Exciting stuff. Uh, why don't we get into the Serie A preview now? Uh, like we said before, we had a good conversation with John Solano. Um, I'll say more information about him uh, when we get to it. Uh, quickly, before we start uh, the interview, I just wanted to apologize. Our phone did go off uh, in the middle. We forgot to take the phone out of the room. It's our fault, but uh, hopefully it doesn't take away from your listening experience. Uh, enjoy our interview with John. We had a very good time. Hello, uh, we're going to start our preview now, and I'd like to welcome our guest by the name of John Solano. He writes for RomaPress.us, uh, a great website for uh, English-speaking Roma fans, so uh, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right, so uh, why don't we jump right into it. So do you see any of these three promoted teams uh, making the mid-table? you got Frozen None, who I believe... Uh, finished second, Carpi winning Serie Bay, and then Bologna winning uh, the promotion playoffs. So do you see any of these teams getting up there? Or um, For the first two, uh, I don't think so. Um, for me, I, I think Bologna, um, they've had a very good window, especially uh, yesterday when, well, it's not official yet, but uh, Mattia Destro uh, from Roma, um, will be going there permanently. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very big move for them. Um, 
they are under new ownership. Um, they even took some some employees from Roma, uh, notably uh, Claudio uh, Fenucci. So I, I think of, of all the promoted teams, I, I think they have the best opportunity. Um, they're you know reinforcing somewhat well. I think for me, the other two, um, especially Carpi, they I don't see them having any sort of opportunity for salvation. Um, I, I think they're going to finish dead last. All right. Do you think uh, you said Bologna has the best shot? Uh, how do you think um, Delia Rossi, the hiring of Delia Rossi, will, will help this team? Do you think um, he was at Sampdoria before this, and they've obviously had a pretty good run back in Serie A after getting promoted? Uh, what does he bring to this team? Uh, what he brings is a veteran mentality. He he is very well aware of what it takes um, to remain in City A. He, you know, not many are going to, you know, not many know much about his coaching, what he's accomplished. Um, uh, many are, know him more for slapping uh, Roma's Adam Yadich in the face during a game. Um, <laughs> but he, what he brings is um, he knows what it takes. The other two managers of Carpi and Frosinone, um, I believe this is going to be both of their first opportunities in, in Serie A. Uh, so I think, um, you know, Bologna, especially with their manager, they're, they're most, um, of all the newly promoted teams, I, I think they're going to be the ones that surprise everybody. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished top ten. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, why don't I get into the, into the big picture of Serie A? So... Overall, a lot of people would say that Serie had a strong season in Europe last year. You saw Fiorentina Napoli making it to the Europa League semifinals. You saw Juventus getting into the Champions League final. And um, I believe Serie had the most teams standing in the Europa League round of 16 last year. So, with five or six. So, or five. Do you think that this is a revival of Italian football? Or was that, was that kind of a one-season wonder? Um, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think a lot of people got carried away from what happened um, in Europe with some of the Italian teams. Um, the reason why Italy struggled and the coefficient is so poor over the last few years is not many of the teams took the Europa League serious. Um, over the last three to five years, we've only seen a handful of teams actually give the Europa League a fair shake. Um, Last year, we actually saw teams going for it, which, in my opinion, that's all really it takes because just on pure talent from that standpoint, most of these teams, when they're playing in the Europa League, they should easily get to the round of 16, mm -hmm. um, assuming they don't face a big side, just because you're playing you know, a lot of sides from smaller countries. Um, but I, I think it's the start of a revival. Um, obviously, the league is on the way up. It's, it's still ways away, especially when you compare it to, to England, but as far as a revival goes, I, I think we're getting there. The big thing is the stadiums. Um, once Roma, they have theirs coming. Juve has theirs. Uh, Udinese, um, they just opened, uh, they just got their new one. Well, they they did some reconstruction, but regardless, I, I think stadiums are the big, are the 
big thing that are going to help Italy back to the top. So I, I do think there is a bit of a revival, um, but I also think it has a bit to do with teams actually going forward as opposed to just blowing it off and playing youngsters, which a lot of teams, even the bigger ones like Roma, are. I mean, they're guilty of it. Okay. Yeah, so like when you say Serie A is behind England, are we are we talking like like the depth of the league and how you know when you go down the table or just those you know top five or six teams? Well, so it's also it's also important to remember that England has all this new money coming in from the TV deals around the world, so it's going to be hard for. I mean, Italy obviously did very well last year, and right. they you know they have a chance to move up in the coefficient, but they're still well behind England and. It seems like with all the mid-table teams in England getting more money and getting, you know, players like Crystal Palace getting Kabai and Stoke City getting Shakiri, that they'll start to perform better than they than they have in the past. So, uh, so I mean, I'll let John answer the question too. But you know, that, for me, that that's one hundred percent the difference between England and Italy. We just saw, and this uh, this blew my mind a little bit, sort of just reaffirmed how far behind we are. West Brom brought in... Uh, Rondon. Uh, f- yeah, f- from, from Zenit. Yeah. It was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if you look where West Brom finished in the table, uh, that's the equivalent of someone like Atalanta or Udinese bringing in, you know, a Champions League up-and-coming stud, which would never happen. Uh, you're never going to see any of... Any of those guys at the big clubs go to Italy to play for uh, Provincial, um, like Atalanta. It, it just won't happen. But when you have the money and the lure that these that these English teams have, um, I, I mean, it's just the, the cards are so stacked against Italy in that regard. It's almost not even fair. And, and even, even West Ham, I mean, look at what they've done this window versus, you know, someone like... Uh, I mean, Torino is done pretty good, but if you you know you go down the table, I mean, look at Empoli. I mean, they've been purged. I I, I can't even name two or three guys that they've brought in. Um, it, it's just when it comes to the money, you know, the money aspect, it's it's just day and night. That's where the main difference is. Um, it, it's just a you know the point. You know, as far as you know, the talent from top to bottom. Just because of mentality and the way they, you know, the way they play, I actually think there's some small teams in Italy who, you know, who would actually perform on par and maybe even beat some of the smaller English teams, just because they they don't defend very well over there. It's not, it's just the style of play. Whereas in Italy, I mean, if you see all the small teams versus the big teams, I mean, they're closed at the back, they're playing ten behind the ball. Um, so, I mean. It, I don't think it's as much of a talent thing as much as it is simply a resources thing. Um, you're never going to see anybody in Italy who finishes, you know, 13th bring in somebody like what West Brom just did. It, it just won't happen. Right. And do you think Milan and Inter need to get back into the Champions League in order for a full a revival of Italian football to take place? Well, I'm biased, so, I'll, I mean, no, that doesn't need to happen. Um, obviously, it helps the league with the commercial side of things. Um, but, no, I, I mean, obviously, just based on their history, the the quick reaction is to say, yes, we got to get them back in there. Uh, 
their Milan are the six, seven-time Champions League time-winning clubs. It only makes sense that you know them being in the competition would help Italy. Uh, I, I don't think that that needs to happen. I just think the teams that make it need to do well. Um, I'm I'm not very big on the coefficient thing. Um, a lot of City off fans, they like to cheer for all the Italian teams. Um, I, I'm not that way. I I really only care about Roma. Just because <laughs> coefficient points, they count the same as in the Europa League as they do the Champions League right. now, which sort of defeats the purpose of even striving, you know, for the Champions League if, you know, the if the points are going to remain, you know, remain the same for each competition. But, uh, no, I, I don't think in order for Italy to, to undergo or continue this revival that either of those teams from Milan need to be in the Champions League. And I don't think either of them are going to make it this year. Um, until uh, – I thought Inter might have had a chance, but they just sold coaches. So I, I don't think they're – I don't think they'll finish top three now. Okay. Even though they bought, you know, they they had a decent window besides the selling of Kovacic, but I mean, he was he's obviously a fantastic player, and I mean, in order for them to compete, they have to hold on to their young players. So I was I was disappointed. Right. I was disappointed to see that. I don't even I'm not even sure where Kovacic fits into Real Madrid, to be honest. But yeah, and I you know when they brought in Condogbia, I mean, it was pretty obvious at that point they were going to have to sell somebody. Right. Um, I'm just shocked that. You know, I thought after uh, Shakiri that maybe that sort of was behind them, and they still have a lot of dead wood they have to offload. Um, it, it it just blows my mind when you look at the roster from top to bottom how much crap it's filled with. Um, especially guys like Dodo from Roma, um, and there's I mean they paid they paid nine million for Dodo. Um, that. I, I mean, when you put that into perspective, it, it's just—it's just silly the way they spent their money over the last three or four years. But they actually got a good return on Kovacic, so I can't—I um, can't knock them too much. Yeah. So uh, you know, obviously, AC Milan has been very busy this transfer window, bringing in players like Romagnoli, Carlos Baca, Jackson Martinez. How did you rate their window? I know you said they wouldn't make the Champions League, but will we, we see any improvement this year? Oh, absolutely. I think with the new manager, he's obviously going to give them a new new, new mentality. We, we saw what he did at Sampdoria. Um, I, I I think they're going to be improved. The, the problem is they still haven't. I still think their their midfield is not even in the top four or five in Italy, um, and they still, for some reason, they they're under the impression that Ignazio um, Abate is worthy of a starting position. He's one of the worst um, offensive and defensive fullbacks I've ever seen. It's amazing that he's lasted there as long as he has, in my opinion. It's simply because he's a runner. Um, but I, I think they'll finish... Um, I think I, when I did my original preview, I had them finishing fourth or fifth. I think... I, th- I think they're right on par with Inter, um, maybe a little behind, but I-, I think they'll finish somewhere four or five. I mean, obviously the attack is great. Um, when you compare um, their attack to Inter, um, they obviously have more depth. 
So I think just in that aspect, um, you know, they'll be able to win those three, two, four, three, some you know type of games. So they'll obviously be improved, but I, I still think they have plenty of work to do. Um, I, I still think spending that much on Romagnoli was was a little silly, but they have a guy who can play for the next decade now. So it's. Um, it's more of a long-term move as opposed to a short payoff move, but I think they'll be improved, um, but I still think they have a lot of work to do. Yeah, you said that you said they'd finish uh, fourth or fifth, so I'm assuming they're behind Napoli. Uh, do you think Sarri is a fit replacement for Rafa Benitez? I don't... What are your thoughts there? I think he's a great replacement. He's um, a very technical guy. He's very organized and... Um, in their trainings, he uses a drone, uh, and at the end of every um, at the end of every day, they analyze every single training uh, session that they have. He's very meticulous. He's a great manager. I think he's perfect for them. Um, for me, it's gonna for Napoli like it has the last two years. It's gonna come down to you know to the back. Um, I, I still think Benitez does not know when he you know when he came into Napoli, I just don't think he spent smartly. Um, he overpaid for Raul Abiol, who was virtually out of Madrid. He wasn't even in the first team. Um, they gave a crazy, crazy um, uh, new contract to uh, Zuniga. He's on his way out. Um, Maggio is horrible. Um, it's it's going to come down to the back. I, I think getting Pepe Reina back was important. Uh, just because we saw what happened last season with their goalkeeping situation. Um, so I think, you know, obviously in attack they'll be fine. Uh, the midfield they'll be fine, very organized. Um, it, it's going to come down to the back. I, I think they can finish top three. Um, I, I think they'll finish behind Roma and Juve. Um, but again, their entire season is going to come down to if they can defend. They should be in the Champions League, but they gave up, what was it, four or five goals to Lazio on the last match day. Yeah. Yeah. So. Iguain missed that penalty. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, just, what what is your top three? Who do you think will be the top three teams in Serie A this season? Uh, for me, it'll be, um, it's hard to pick a winner. Uh, I still think Juve will win, so I'll go Juve, Roma, and Napoli. Okay. Sahel, why don't we? Sahel, what is your top three? You know, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I'm a Roma fan, and I really hope you win. Um, we have a more safe goal scorer uh, in Jeco this season, and Mohamed Salah is better than I think almost any of our wingers that we had last year. But and Juventus, you know, did get rid of uh, Tevez and Vidal, but they brought in replacements like Kadira, Zaza, and Dybala and Manjukic. Sorry, that was a big one, and. They lost Pirlo. Yeah, they lost Pirlo, lost Agbona. Yeah. Um, I mean, Agbona didn't really... Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know, I don't know. They it's lost tough. the world-class guys. You have, when you replace world-class, you have to... Re- you know, when you lose world-class, you have to replace with world-class. They haven't replaced with world-class. I think they're trying... They did the... I guess we'll call it the, the Bale or the Suarez strategy <laughs> where they're going with several good players as opposed to just two or three great ones. Yeah. To replace the you know the Pirlo and the Vidal, um, I, I I'm nev- I've never been a big proponent of that strategy, um, but right. we'll, we'll see. 
um, if there's ever been a year for Roma to win it, I'd, I'd like to think this is it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they will. I mean, I'm I'm not as big of a Roma fan as as you. Um, I mean, I, I root for them because of you, um, but uh, I, I I think they can win. I think they've added some nice pieces. I I think Jekyll's a fantastic player. I think uh, honestly, I think it's it was one of the best buys in Europe this season in terms of value. Um, so and, yeah, and the way they got him with a loan, I, I I just think it was that was a great deal by Sabatini. Yeah, yeah, and especially, um, and I knocked them all all window for this, but uh, Milan. I mean, for what they paid for Baca uh, and Andriano right. versus what Roma paid for Jekyll, it's, it's, it's incomparable. Right. It, it's, it, I mean, in the end, I think they paid, I mean, uh, Milan paid 30 and 9 for Adriano and Baca. I mean, wow. Zeko will cost, I mean, close to a third of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why I think it's just, just a fantastic, fantastic buy. And, I mean, I know, I know it's only preseason, but he scored what four minutes into his debut. Yeah, yeah. So, right. Mean. His I think he has a lot of qualities that fit very well in Italy. Um, he he won't have to. I mean, he, the way they track back, he will not have to track back like he did in England. Um, and I, I think he's going to be perfect for when those teams try to sit back at the back. He's he's very tall. Um, his movement for someone his height is fantastic. That on his first goal against um, Sevilla, the way he moved just right through Rami was was unbelievable. Something Roma hasn't seen in probably a decade. Yeah. Okay. And obviously, it was hard for Roma to penetrate. You know that that park the bus strategy when we're playing. You know with a center forward, uh, a trekkertista, and not a true striker like Jekko. So, where do you think Tati's place in the team is yeah. now? Um, I, I tweeted this maybe a week or two ago. This is probably the first time Roma fans unilaterally agree that his place is on the bench. Um, probably the first time ever. I, I've been saying this for probably two or three years now. He's still great. There's no, no one, you will never hear me question his quality. He just can't do 90 minutes, and we can't have him... Um, Starting a match, he just, and it—it's not his fault. It's right. simply age has caught up to him. He's thirty-nine. Um, you know, it's—it's it's simply a matter of, you know, I think he can have a huge impact coming off the bench. And even if he starts, you know, ten to fifteen league matches, I—I I, I think that's fine, just because you're going to have Jekyll obviously going in the Champions League. So. Um, you know, if he can come, you know, come on on the 50th, 60th minute, I still think he has plenty to offer, plenty to offer. There's, I don't think anyone would doubt that. I think it's just a matter of him starting versus him on the bench. And, I mean, Jekyll offers significantly more at this right. point, especially, obviously, the age is a huge factor. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I, obviously, I, he's got to go to the bench. Do you think he was holding the team back at all last year? Um, oh, at, at, at certain times, absolutely. Um, I mean, you just you can't play in modern football with with a with a false nine or a ten or a whatever you want to call his exact position. You know, twenty, thirty, forty yards away from goal and just you know hitting it out wide to. 
to wingers and hoping they can go one on one. And I got a lot of stick, you know, when I, you know, when I say that. Um, really, there's only one game where he wasn't playing deep, and that was against Lazio, where he brought oh. the two goals back and did the famous right. selfie celebration. Um, that was literally the only game where he was playing as a true out and out striker. Um, I mean, the rest of the season, he's just sitting deep and just hitting and kicking long balls out to Gervinho, Ibarbo, Iturbe. That's not a good strategy. Um, I, I definitely think he held them back. I still think, you know, the the tenure of Destro uh, would have been significantly different had he been given more chances in, instead of Totti. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a big fan of Destro. I thought uh, he should have gotten more opportunity, but, you know... You got Jekko now, so... <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, if, I, I would not be even slightly surprised if Detro hit 15 goals this season. I, right. I, I wouldn't be the slightest bit surprised. Yeah, right. More of an issue with, like, him and Garcia. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. What do you think would be a successful season for Roma in the Champions League? Or in Europe, let's say, if they were to lose in the group stage again? Well, I, I think... They absolutely have to get to the knockouts. Um, what they did last season, I mean, obviously against Bayern, that's easily forgettable. Um, the 7-1 was simply a matter of them getting it totally wrong. Um, but it's just hard to get out of my mind that game against City where they, they drew and then they come back to Rome and they just bottle it. Um, I think in order to call it successful, they, they have to get to the knockouts. And then from there, you just hope and pray for a decent draw and you just take it step by step. Now, if they get eliminated from the group stages just because they, they draw the group of death again, which I don't think they will because there's a slight chance they'll get into pot three, which would be huge. But should they go out in the group stages, I would absolutely think you have to definitely, without a doubt, make the last four or even get to the final of the Europa League just because I think if if Roma doesn't make it out of the group stages um, they might have probably the best squad in the Europa League but then he said that last year and they they played horribly against Fiorentina yeah and one final question about Roma is do you think Rudy Garcia is the right man for the job I do not know um, I, I think this is his last season I, I do not like his tactics. Um, his personality quite often annoys me even. Um, he, he, he doesn't have a plan B when things do not go according to plan. He, he doesn't have a second, third, or fourth idea. He just sort of tries to just play through things, which I, I don't like at all. He, he wants his players to sort of overcome it as opposed to him changing things up, which I don't think works at all. Um, I think this is his last season. If they win, you know, if they win the Scudetto, um, obviously he'll garner big attention. I think at that point he would probably leave. Um, I've always said he's going to end up at PSG. He's going to, he'll follow uh, Blanc, but that's just my opinion. But no, I, I, for, for Roma, um, I, I don't think he's the right guy. Okay. So, so you think with the like, like with the right coach and this squad that we should be like 
easily winning the Scudetto or? Uh, not easily. Um, they, I mean, last year they had 70 points and they played horribly. I, I, the squad is significantly better. There is no reason they shouldn't get at least 80 points, which when you reach 80 at that point, you're talking either a very tight Scudetto race or you're just talking about a team where you're finished, like, like that Juve from from 2013-2014 where, where Roma set a club record for points. They still finished double digits behind Juve, who was just incredible. Um, yeah, so, so I think at this point, you know, just given everything, I, I think they'll be in a tight Scudetto race with, with Juve. Uh, one team we didn't really talk about is Fiorentina. Do you think they can compete for a Champions League spot this year? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> they, their, their market, and uh, I think I might have wrote something similar to this, but their market has been, in terms of you know the upper echelon teams uh, in Italy, um, they've, they've had one of the worst markets I've ever seen them have in recent in recent seasons um I they, they just have not sold well they have bought well um to only get half of what they got for I think they paid 16 plus 4 in add-ons for for Gomez I mean they're not even going to get half of that which at that point I would just try and keep them and have them play through it um you know, you have that defense, which is still terrible. Um, in my opinion, the only good purchase they've made um, was Gigi Seppe, who was with uh, Empoli last season. But other than that, um, yeah, they have just not reinforced well. They still have quality. Um, Borja is a great player. Um, you don't know what you're going to get from Giuseppe Rossi. Um, right. I... It's really hard for me to commend them what they've done this window. They've they've needed so much and they've just disappointed greatly. Right. I, um, I was actually going to ask about uh, Giuseppe Rossi because you know he obviously has history in the U.S. He uh, had his youth career here. Um, do you think he is a part of the Italian national team going forward? He can be a part of the Italian national team going forward, or is it is it just has there been too many injuries, or have there been too many injuries? No, I, I think I think he'll be given a chance as long as he remains healthy. Which you know, let's hope and pray that he does. I, I think he'll be given a chance. He when he was given chances under uh, uh, Prandelli, uh, he did fairly well. Um, I, I think he'll be given an opportunity just because if you look at the current um, the current cast of strikers with Italy, I'm not impressed. Zaza doesn't impress me. Um, it's you know Balotelli. He's he's not even factoring in the plans. Uh, so I, I think at this point, you almost if he's healthy, you have to at least give him a chance. Um, it's the way Italy are going right now, just ahead of the Euros, they they have to be so concerned. So I, I think if if he remains healthy, he should be given a chance, just because the current crop is just so poor. Um, you have nothing to lose with at least giving him a chance. Okay, so do you, is it the same sort of thinking with Joe Vinko? Obviously, he plays in MLS, which is a, is a, which is a step down, um, but he's been in form and he seems very confident. So, do you think he has a place on the national team, or is that ship sailed? 
Uh, no, I, I definitely think he has a chance. Um, he was one of those one of those characters that uh, Prandelli uh, preferred, even though he he wasn't playing well in his club. Sort of like um, you know, you, there's a number of number of guys who never played well with the club. Prandelli gave him a chance. Um, I, I think he, he will get a chance simply because of his fantastic form that he's had in Toronto. Um, I, I don't envision him being at the Euros, but I mean, regardless of the league, the competition, you know, when you're scoring at his rate, you you have to do your due diligence and at least give him a chance. So I, I think he'll be given an opportunity, absolutely. Okay. Uh, one team we didn't mention is uh, Lazio. Where do you see them finishing this year? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, asking a Roma fan. That's... <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, they have not bought enough depth at all. Um, look at what just happened with Close, and now they're scrambling for a striker uh, just because they have Jordovich behind him, but he was hurt last season too. Um, their their midfield does not have enough depth. Their defense, even their first-choice defense, in my opinion, is horrendous. Um, the only one of any quality is uh, DeVry. I, I think they're going to finish fifth or sixth just because being in, being in Europe is going to finally just – I think it will crush them. Um, obviously, famous last words will probably finish second or third now, but <laughs> I, I don't think they've re- – I mean, what Roma did last summer when they brought in guys like Kaita, um, they weren't necessarily building up the first team. They were building sort of uh, the guys behind the – know the first choice um and that's something they haven't done they haven't bought those depth guys which i think we're gonna see it's gonna turn into a problem okay yeah so do you see them uh, winning this tie between sevilla uh, leverkusen um, sorry not leverkusen. leverkusen i don't know why i said sevilla <laughs> no it's fine um i don't i i think anytime with these ties you gotta get at least two at home um I mean, Bayer, they, I mean, they had a score regardless. So I think going home down 1-0 fits perfectly in their hand. If you watch that game, they had two, three, maybe even four chances where they should have scored. Um, they were the better team. They, they didn't win. Um, I, I think, no, I, I, I think Lazio is going to, I think they'll get eliminated in Germany. Okay. All right, so... Uh, why don't we move into, like, some awards? I predicted Gonzalo Higuain to get the golden boot. I mean, I think there's some better strikers who've been brought into Italy, but I think Higuain will know the system right from the uh, the get-go. Uh, so unlike, you know, maybe Baca or Dzeko, it might take him a few games. So I, I think Higuain will be the golden boot. What about you? Oh, yeah, I'd say um, either Higuain or Icardi. Yeah, Icardi's, yeah, Icardi's a good shot. Yeah, I, I think he... He is such great quality, um, and now that they have Jovetic there, who, in my opinion, is when he's healthy, um, is one of the best sort of number ten, you know, the old school number ten position. He's got the perfect vision to play behind the striker out on the wing. I, I think with his service, I mean, a Cardi can get maybe twenty five. Hit, wow. I think twenty two, I believe. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit twenty five. Yeah. Uh, do you envision him leaving Serie A anytime soon, or maybe moving to 
like Juventus, obviously they have their fair share of strikers, but... Yeah, I, oh yeah, I think, um, well he just signed a new contract, I, I think that was simply a formality, um, I, I think he'll be gone, I'll give him this year and maybe an additional season after that, he has just, especially in interior, um, you know, if they continue to fail um, to qualify for the Champions League... It's blatantly obvious he has the quality for the Champions League. Um, I, I think he has Spain written all over him. Yeah. I think if, if Benzema leaves from Madrid, I would not be shocked if they try and get him with a huge offer. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I, I would not be surprised if he went to Madrid. Um, even England, um, I don't know why, but he's, he just looks like the kind of guy who would play to play at Chelsea for me. But okay. yeah, I, I, if if Inter continue not to qualify for the Champions League, I'll, I'll give him this year and maybe an additional, and then he's gone. But without Champions League football, they they can't keep him, and they shouldn't keep him. I mean, that's not fair to him either. Oh my <laughs> we forgot to get rid of the phone in the room. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't envision him staying either. Real Madrid. That's an interesting thought because it looks like Benzema might leave. So it's an interesting thought. Yeah, he. I think he'd be perfect in Spain. Um, he hits the target. He moves well. Um, he's got one of those qualities that would. I think they'd fit well in any league he went to. Right. Yeah, uh, so obviously we've got Serie A action this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, there's a few games I want to ask you about. Uh, what do you think the result will be for Fiorentina versus Milan? Fiorentina at home in this one. Um, I think that will be a draw. Um, just because I, I, I think Milan, uh, they're going to need maybe a few weeks, maybe even a month to sort of sort out how they're going to play under a new manager. Um, but in the end... I think maybe like a 1-1 or even a 2-2 draw. Yeah. Um, Sassuolo, Napoli. Sassuolo's at home. Can they get the upset? No, I I think uh, Napoli has too much quality, uh, especially in the attack for that Sassuolo defense. Um, Yeah, maybe like 3-1 Napoli. They always seem to score threes. Maybe 3-1, 3-0. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and then looking at this now, there's not that too many good games, but, uh, I just want to ask you about week two, since obviously you're, you right, you right for Roma. The big one. Yeah, the big one. Uh, Roma versus Juventus in the Stadio Olimpico. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in that game? Uh, I was leaning towards a draw, but then yesterday we found out, uh, Marquisio, yeah. um, is going to miss, which in my opinion, they're already down Kadira. And now add Marquisio to that. Um, that really throws off uh, Allegri's four three one two that he prefers. Um, so I, I think Roma win either two to one or three to two. Um, I'm leaning towards two to one, but I, I think Roma will win. Will we see a Jekko goal? You think? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, mm. I think I think you'll see a Jekko goal, and then I think you'll see a Salah goal. Because we saw what Salah did against uh, yeah. Juve last year when he was with Fiorentina. He tore them apart. Yeah. Oh, right. right. Well, that's going to conclude the episode. Thank you so much for coming on, John. Not a problem. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Remember to check out his website. 
Uh, yeah, romapress.us. Uh, he also just has a great Twitter account. It's probably one of my favorite Roma Twitter accounts, so check that out. I think it's at Solano underscore five six. That is it. All right. Thank you so much for being on. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview. We sure had a great time talking to John, so. Yeah. Once again, sorry for the phone calls. Uh, one last thing. We, ap- we also apologize for not getting as many episodes out in the last two weeks. We were on vacation in Los Angeles and in uh, Scottsdale slash Phoenix. Um, so we weren't able to record, really. We were able to get one episode out. Um, but we have some exciting news coming uh, to you very, very soon. Um, I feel like I say that every week, but uh, we really, we, we, I mean, we always really do, but we do. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, you can email us at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter for this podcast. It's at Soccer Bros Pod. My brother's Twitter is at Big Time Brownie. Mine's at ASR underscore Sahil. Uh, yeah, make sure to rate us on iTunes. Uh, it really helps us out. Just let us know what you think. Be honest. Uh, we really, really appreciate the feedback. Uh, and subscribe on iTunes, too, if you, if you like what you hear. So um, thank you guys for listening. See you guys next time.